0: Soundly. So, right now, our listeners get thirty percent off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to Headspace.com/sleeppod for thirty percent off your subscription, but only until May twelfth. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to Headspace.com/sleeppod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number two hundred and thirty-seven.
1: Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working
0: hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, his AOL username was Fat Flynn, with a P-H, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me today. This is session 237, and today we are talking about a topic that is uh, sometimes used as an example of in the internet marketing entrepreneurship, online business space you know, sometimes when people give examples of different websites in their own step-by-step tutorials, they'll bring up things like knitting and scrapbooking and crocheting. Uh, I remember the guys over at internet business mastery, they had talked about macrame as sort of this thing that one could create a site for. It was always this kind of joke thing, you know, macrame knitting, like how could you build a niche website or successful business out of things like that? Uh, well, Back in episode 37, we featured somebody who was making six figures a year by doing scrapbooking. And today, we're gonna be talking with Lauren, who has built a successful side business in the knitting space. So it can be done. Lauren has proven it, and she's gonna talk about all about how she started this and how it became what it is today. Her positioning is really good. She also won a number of different contests, too, I think. Uh, There was the Fiber Factor, which is sort of a, uh, a contest or reality type show in the knitting space. Uh, she was a guest on Knitting Daily TV. And, you know, she's just been knitting for fun and it turned into this really cool side business called Girly Knits, G-I-R-L-Y-K-N-I-T-S. She has uh, another website, which is more of a personal blog at knittingisawesome.com. And her stuff looks super cool. Like if like it's uh, targeted toward uh, hip chicks. That's uh, Girly Knits, Knits for Hip Chicks, that's our Target Market. And if I was a hip chick, I'd be all over this kind of stuff because this is really cool. So go ahead and check out the patterns, see what they look like, and we'll get right into the episode and talk about how this all got started. So here we go. What's up, everybody? I'm so happy to welcome Lauren from girlyknits.com. Lauren, welcome to the SPI podcast. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm great. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be talking to you.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy to talk to you, too. And thanks again for being here. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, nobody knows except you and me. We've been actually talking for, I don't know, four years almost now, just via email about your story and what you've been up to. And I've always told you told you this. I wanted you to come on the show. And so thank you for being patient with me and waiting four years. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, sure thing. And thank you so much. I mean, I think I first reached out to you in maybe like 2011. And when you responded to me, I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, wow, he's actually like responding and giving me great advice. And I just appreciate so much that you were there to answer questions and share like milestones with and um as you know I always like wanted to reach out to you and share with you like different accomplishments because I just appreciate your podcast so much it's helped me so much over the years. Well
0: thank you for that. I re- I really appreciate you saying that. And so why don't we get into your story? I think people might have an idea of what you do. girlyknits.com is your website. And it's funny because in the IM space, you know, there are typically certain examples that people use on, well, you can make money with anything, even knitting. And here you are like literally doing that. So why don't why don't you talk about like, what, what were you doing before you created this site? And then we'll get into the story.
1: Yeah. So I live in New York city. I've been working as a fashion designer for the past 10 years. And, um, yeah, I have been, I started my business in 2011 mm-hmm. and, um,
0: like, what you were a fashion designer? did you immediately start your business after school was over? Or like what what prompted you to to create this business?
1: Yeah, so I've been knitting since I was nine. My stepmother actually taught me, and it was it was really sweet because like her mom knit and her grandmother knit too, and they like taught her when she was younger. And so one day she just decided to teach me. Cool. And, um, I was just instantly like fascinated by knitting. I would just like sit in my room for hours on end, like reading like books from like the fifties, like trying to figure out like how to do different things and, and knit different stitch patterns. And, you know, I found some things and I would just like knit, like any pattern I came across. Cause I was just like, it, it was just like this thing where you just kept like building on your skills and learning more. Mm-hmm. And, um, Yeah, so I I did that, and I I knitted all throughout, like, high school and college, and then in college, I started getting frustrated because I couldn't find any knitting patterns that I wanted to make. I wanted things that were, like, really young and fun and fashionable and, you know, just, like, cute, like, tank tops and skirts and dresses, like, things that I would wear, and Mm so I... I started designing my own patterns then, like very informally. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of like, you know, looking at something I owned and being like, oh, maybe I'll like, you know, it looks like this and I'll just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. I just improvised and, you know, something, sometimes things turned out good and sometimes I didn't. But I basically got really into making my own clothes. I, I taught myself to sew and would like sew all my own clothes and and realized that I wanted to be a fashion designer. And um, I just, I maintained this passion for knitting. But um, still throughout the years, I just really struggled with finding knitting patterns and so that I wanted to make. And for those who don't know, like a knitting pattern is sort of like a sewing pattern. Like it's basically like step-by-step instructions for like all the materials you need, like exactly what you need to do to create whatever item it is. So if it's like a sweater, you know, it tells you, you know, how many stitches to cast on and what to do with them and, you know, how to make the sleeves and how to sew it all together and just like really step-by-step how to create you know, someone's design Mm -hmm. and, um, the difference between knitting patterns and sewing patterns is sewing patterns. Usually it's like these big pieces where you're like cutting out fabric, whereas knitting patterns, it's all text. So everything is like in abbreviations and, um, you know, so that knitting patterns were typically published as, um, as books and, or in magazines. And so everything's like very condensed so that people can like pick up a magazine and, you know, they can knit all these different things and in the magazine. And so, Oh, wow. Uh, So there's like
0: a there's like a language, right? Basically. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's actually cool because it's kind of universal. Like, you know, people like around the world can usually follow English knitting patterns because everything's so abbreviated. There's not like a lot of like full words in there. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. It
0: almost reminds me of like tabs for guitar. You know, you just kind of look at the, the little numbers thing and you're like, oh, I could play that song.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so what happened was I was actually, well, okay. So my story basically started when I read the four hour work week as most stories do. Yeah. Right. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and no, that book like totally rocked my world. I read that and like my whole life like changed. I was like, wow, I don't want a job anymore. Like what the heck? Like this is crazy. Like I, it just completely changed my mindset about work and, and life mm-hmm. and travel mm-hmm. and everything. And so I was, I was trying to think of a business idea and, um, I happened to go to Barnes and Noble with one of my friends and I was like looking at the knitting book section and I was like talking about my frustration and I was like, you know, how come, like, I don't like any of these patterns. Like, it's like, I want to buy a book and like make patterns. I just, I don't like any of these. Like, why are these patterns so like, I just, you know, I don't want to make them. Like I had all these ideas and, and then that person was like, well, why don't you design patterns? And I was like why don't I? Mm. (laughs) And so I did some research. I mean, I thought you had to be a published author that you had to like publish a book to be a pattern designer, but I started researching it and I found a site called Ravelry, which is an amazing site. That's R A V E L R Y. And it's a community for knitters and crocheters. And it just, it compiles like all of the knitting patterns, like out there on the internet and just like all this cool stuff. It's like catalogs, like every type of yarn and like publication and just it's like the amazon of like knitting patterns Oh, that's cool and it's also like community-based and 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 user you know it was it was started by a couple but you know like a lot of the users have generated like a lot of the content and there's like a lot of forums and it's really awesome but I saw that people were self-publishing individual knitting patterns as pdf downloads on there and I was like and once I saw that I was just like oh my gosh like I need to do this like I, you know, I have this vision for like, you know, what I want to see out there in, in the knitting world. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was just really inspired by the fact that, you know, these everyday people were publishing their patterns and selling them. Um, knitting patterns typically sell for like four to, or sorry, five to $6 kind of in that range. okay And, mm-hmm. um, and then I just checked out like the most popular patterns. I was like, are these, you know, people buying these, like what's going on? And I saw that the, the most popular patterns had like as many as 5,000 reviews and, um, and the way reviews works on there is really cool. Like, someone can rate it and upload pictures of, like, their projects from, like, knitting that pattern. So you can really see, like, what they've made. And um, and that's really cool. But I could just see, like, 5,000 people. Oh, my gosh, like, 5,000 times 5. That's, like, $25,000. I'm like, that's crazy. This is actually, like, a real, like, business um, that people have for themselves. And so, um, yeah, once once I realized that this was, like, a thing, I was just like, I, yeah, I got to do this. And, and so um, from there, it was you know, it took me like a, about a year after that before I um, actually launched my business. But um, after like realizing that I could do this, it, it, it I just got me like thinking about like, like my purpose and like what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And I really realized that I felt like this was what I was meant to do. I'm like, you know, I've been a fashion designer for so long. And I have this like huge passion for knitting. I, you know, I've been doing it all my life. I love it. And I really wanted to bring fashion and knitting together and provide patterns out there for younger girls that just there was a huge void. They just weren't out there. And so I became really passionate about that and starting this brand.
0: That's awesome. So it was called Girly Knits from the start, I assume.
1: Yeah, that was my first idea. It was available. So.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. OK, so when you were going up and posting your stuff, did you like how did, how were you able to build awareness for this brand? And was it all through this uh, form that you were talking about or like how did you get traction for it? I mean, a lot of people they have these ideas just like you, they have these amazing passions for something and they're just afraid that when they put it up there, then, you know, it's going to be crickets. How are you able to not have that happen?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I started with a lot of ideas. I also started a blog called knittingisawesome.com, another one that was available and I'm like, what, why is this available? (laughs) This is awesome. So, um, I started that blog and just started posting pictures of like cool, like inspirational knitting, knitted things. Mm -hmm. And I would just Mm -hmm. like write a little comment about it each day. And so, I started doing that just to like, plant some seeds. I was like, you know, if people come across my blog then they'll find me like that was definitely one idea um, to get people to find out about me, you know, started a Facebook page and like social media and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then really for me, it was about launching with a collection because um, I really wanted to share like my big vision with people. Like when they first came to me, like I didn't want them to come to my site and see like one pattern and be like, who is this person? And then kind of like leave. I wanted them to see like 13 patterns. I actually started with 13 cause I wanted to do like this well-rounded, you know, thing where I was like designing different types of things and showing like everything I could do and, and like this vision I had for this brand. And that was really important to me to, to launch a full collection, all at once, so that people were like, either like, you know, I like her, I don't like her, I want to follow her, and mm-hmm. um, and that they could, you know, either say like yes or no. Um, so that that was really important to me. And gosh, what else did I do? I'm I'm sure I did a bunch of things, and I got ideas from here.
0: So was it <laughs> just like uh, writing blog posts and you know social media, or were there any other platforms that you were using to share a lot of these things that you were talking about?
1: So I I definitely I started with some free patterns too. I mean that's just a great way to get. People to to see you because you know when you're on Ravelry, you can search like all the patterns or just the free patterns. There are a lot of free patterns out there, Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. if you have like a pattern or two that are free, like that's a great way um, because there's you know people that will just find those and download them, and I put like you know a little ad in the back, like oh here's you know my other patterns, and and so definitely did that. And then I think it wasn't until I'm trying to think when I made my first YouTube video, I was definitely inspired by you to start doing YouTube videos. You mentioned it a lot. And, um, you know, with your like be everywhere strategy, Mm -hmm. I, you always mention video. And so eventually I did start making YouTube videos and those have been great for, for people finding me. A lot of people say they find me through YouTube. And so, yeah, it's just been kind of like this ongoing thing. Like, you know, every time I publish a new pattern, I definitely get like a lot of eyes on me and my brand. Um, that, that happens in Ravelry, like you know, like the, the new hot things, like people see those. And, um, and Ravelry is great because it's like a totally targeted audience. Like all those people are there to look for knitting patterns. So that really is the greatest way for, for people to find my work and my patterns for sure.
0: That's very cool. And in terms of monetization, when you first launched with your line, were you able to sort of monetize right away? And what was that income like? And then how long until it really became this thing that you are like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is like a real business for me.
1: Yeah, so the first month I actually made eighty dollars, and that was super cool. Eighty dollars. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I think partly I didn't know what to expect, but when I look back on it, I'm like, people actually bought from me. Like they didn't know me. I was like brand new. I had no reputation. So I just think it's super cool that I even like made that much the first month, and then you know it was kind of similar like the, the couple months after that. And you know, I, at first I was like, oh shoot, is this gonna work? Like I don't really know because you know, that wasn't like, you know, you know, it's, it's awesome, but it wasn't like anything to live off of. So mm-hmm. I, I just kept plugging away. I kept going and, you know, listening to your podcast, trying, trying out different things. And, um, I even tried, you know, some like affiliate marketing to see if that would work, but that's not the most successful thing. Like, you know, that's a, that's a very small part of, of what I've done, but, um, I, I was just trying different things. And, um, and then I had one pattern, uh, it's called owl be there. It's like a owl hat, uh-huh. And, um, and that one got really popular. So that really helped. Cause I, I saw success with that. And that really, yeah. Just looking back on my business as a whole, like that, I mean, on one of the sites I sell on, that's like 75% of my sales and I have like 45 patterns. So like it's, um, that one was really popular and that just, it just showed me like, you know, what was, you know, possible and encouraged me to keep going. And, um, and then within a year I had my first thousand dollar month and that was a huge milestone. I was like, it was something like I really wanted to happen. And I was like a big goal of mine, but I didn't know if it could. And then when it finally happened, it was just like the coolest thing. And, um, and then a year later I had my first $2,000 month and, uh, I was super exciting as well. Yeah, <laughs> and, awesome. uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of gone from there. I mean, it's, I mean, now I can say, like, I on average I probably make about a thousand dollars a month, like a thousand to twelve hundred dollars a month, um, from you know five dollar knitting patterns. So I, I'm selling around two to three hundred a month, um, and that's been pretty consistent. So that's
0: awesome. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Now, this "I will be there" line. I'm curious, did you think that it would blow up in the way that it did when you created it?
1: No, and it's funny because it wasn't even totally my idea. I was supposed to, I um, teach a teen knitting workshop, and the girl putting it on asked me to design an owl hat, and it was something that like I'd wanted to do. But there's actually so many out there already that I was like, okay, oh, why would I design this? Like, there's just you know, there's so many patterns already. Like, I don't know why they'd choose mine. You know, it's, it's probably only going to be slightly different. But I was like, okay, she wants me to do this, so I did it and did my like own take on it. And, um, the workshop actually never ended up happening, but, um, I decided to publish the pattern since I'd done all the work already. And so, yeah, it was kind of a fluke almost. And I, I still, am not really sure like why it's so popular. <laughs> people just, I don't know, loved it. I mean, it's really cute and it comes in like sizes baby to adults. So, you know, a lot of people, they make them for like their whole family or, you know, like. A bunch of kids or, you know, a new baby coming. So I think that's part of it. And it's it's just a fun pattern that's just gotten a lot of traction. Like a lot of people have shared it. And um, gosh, I think some people even made videos about it just because they liked it. <laughs> like, And um, a lot of people post their projects on Ravelry. And, you know, when, when more people post like their projects and other people are like, oh, that, that person's turned out really great. Like I could make that too. So that definitely helps. And um, yeah, so...
0: That's so cool. And it's funny because it, you had mentioned like it was maybe 75% of your sales at one point, which is really close to that 80-20 rule that we always see. And, you know, it just it just happens sometimes. So I love that you were just pumping out content, sharing great patterns. And, you know, eventually that's what's going to happen. One or two of them are really going to pick up steam. I mean, I see I saw the same thing with my iPhone app business that I had back in the day, which is still around. But back in its prime, back in 2009, 2010, we saw 80-90% of our income coming from, you know, just one or two of our apps and we had about 20 or 25 in total so you know you can't predict those things sometimes it just it just happens but if you didn't create those things obviously you wouldn't even have a chance
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: so that's great and tell me about this I remember the last time you messaged me you had talked about some design competition that that you were in um talk about how that all went down
1: yeah so that was back in 2013 it um was competition called the fiber factor and it was meant to be sort of like project runway, but for knitting. So there, um, there were like design challenges. So the way they did it is actually super cool. And I, I hope someone can like maybe use this idea. Cause I, I just love the way they did it, but they, so they had, they picked 12 contestants from around the country mm-hmm. And you had to audition, like send in a, a video audition and pictures of your work and like essays and all these things. And so they picked 12 of us and I was chosen, which was super awesome. And then, um, so we, and we did everything from home because knitting takes a long time. Um, for those who don't know, like knitting a sweater, I mean, it takes like, I don't know, 30 to 50 hours, <laughs> depending on how hard it is. So it takes a long time. And, um, so you, you wouldn't really want to do that in real time or live or anything like that. So they had us do it from home and they would give us two to four weeks for each challenge. And what they would do is they'd send us like a box in the mail and we'd like open the box and like, there'd be like the challenge inside. So either they'd send us like the materials that we had to use Mm -hmm. or, you know, some tool that we had to use. Um, sometimes they let us pick yarn. Other times they let us pick like a color, but they wouldn't tell us like what it was or what the challenge was. Each one was very different, but they basically sent us the challenge. We worked on it from home and then we would, make our own videos that they would kind of turn into these like um, online episodes or webisodes. I don't know what you call them. So we would each have to do a progress video where we would talk about like What our inspiration was, and like what we were working on, and show our work in progress, and then they would kind of show those in real time to the people watching, so they could be like, "Oh, this person's working on this," like before anyone, like any of us had actually finished. So we could see like what other people were working on. It was cool. And then we had to do a presentation video when we finished, you know, presenting our finished work and talking about it. And then they would take those presentation videos and make um, an episode where they had a live panel of judges come and see all of our designs and, and judge them and, and make this cool episode out of it. So there were six challenges total and they, uh, the prize for winning a challenge was $500 and I won one of them. And then the top four contestants went on to a final challenge. And yes, yeah, so this was over the course of like nine months. I think. Yeah. It
0: sounds like it would take a while, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah
1: and um so the top four did a a collection of three pieces and then we showed it at this fashion show here in new york city at a big knitting convention called vogue knitting live and it, it was like in front of an audience of like thousands of people it was really exciting wow. and um and then they picked a winner and i actually won so
0: yay congratulations <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome you. so actually yeah i won a all expenses paid trip to germany to te- uh to uh, tour yarn and knitting needle factories. And, uh, it was really, really cool. I, I loved it. So
0: that's cool. Did Did you talk about your trip on your blog?
1: No, but I don't know if I ever did a formal blog post about it. I, I posted a lot on my Instagram and I think I did a newsletter, but I don't know that I did a, a blog post, but, oh. um,
0: yeah, no worries. I was just wondering if there were any pictures I could see, um, or people who are interested in seeing what that tour was like. It just sounds really interesting. And you know, the cool thing here is that you know you could tell that you are all about knitting, and I think a lot of people who are building online businesses, you know, they kind of try to get into other kinds of spaces that maybe they yet to have the ability to become you know a leader in the space. And obviously, you've chosen your niche; you've niched down to more like hip and stylized uh, kind of knitting, which I think is really smart. And you just kind of been owning this space. I think I think that's the coolest thing. I mean, you've gotten to know the community through that forum like you were talking about now you're doing stuff related to conventions and fashion shows and you know what else are you doing in the knitting space that helps you stand out as an authority figure
1: um let's see I actually just uh did an online course or two online courses for a site called craft university and um that was a a super cool opportunity that I, I hadn't told you about but in December I flew out to um Colorado and I had like an all expenses paid trip to go and, and film these two knitting courses and like this this really super awesome like cool um film studio with like tons of cameras and like a crew and like you know makeup artists and like all these like cool things. It was like awesome. it was really cool. I did a, a learn to knit course, so it's like very basics of knitting. I walked through like, you know, just picking out yarn and needles and Um, And then all the basics of knitting and we make a hat and glove set together. And then I did another course about cable. So yeah, that's one thing I've done recently. Like I'm very passionate about inspiring younger girls to learn to knit and pick up knitting because it's, it was just, it's always been such a blessing and and joy in my life. And I'm so glad I had it and learned when I was younger. So I just want to, you know, show people like a new light on knitting and inspire them. And, um, in terms of fun, I mean, I, I just, I recently knitted a full on mermaid costume for the Coney Island mermaid parade. What? <laughs> and awesome. that was just a total, like for fun, like I offered the pattern for free on my blog. And I was just like, I just, I just like showing knitting in like unconventional and new ways. So people, you know, to challenge kind of people's stereotypes and perspectives on it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, that's really my mission and, and my vision. And so I think through design is that is how I'm, um, I'm doing that. So
0: that's so cool. Yeah. What, what, what were some of the big challenges that you faced along the way? Like you have this vision for what you want to do. I mean, it couldn't have been all easy. Uh, what are some of the challenges you faced along the way?
1: Um, you know, my biggest challenge, honestly, is I spend like a majority of my time knitting. And I spend like I want to say like 90% of my time knitting. Like I don't really spend that much time on my computer. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's only when I'm like really finishing up, like writing the patterns and and doing the PDFs and, and doing a big launch and updating my website and newsletter and all those things. But like a majority of the time I'm just spending knitting. And I know that's probably something that you would say like, Oh, you should like outsource that or like, you know, hire someone to do that. But it's actually kind of challenging to do because um, you know, I'm still learning. I'm, ch- I try to challenge myself with each new design and like try new, t- new te- techniques. And, you know, I still, I still feel like I'm learning things. And I also want to know like what the experience is making that project. Um, mm-hmm. Some people do hand it off, but I-, I don't think that I'm there and I'm not sure that I, I will do that, but it just, it takes up most of my time. So I sometimes think about like, Oh, maybe I'll do like a product line or maybe I should do, you know, um, something else. And, um, cause you know, I think that's my, my biggest challenge, but, um, and also it's just, you know, keeping going. Like I put a ton of, ton of work into this and, um, you know, I'm not making like a full-time living yet by any means. It's, it's, I do have a part-time job as a fashion designer still. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, I think it's just keep having the persistence to keep going. And I think what helps is that I am so passionate about it because, if I wasn't, I would totally, I would have given up like a long time ago. But, um, you know, new like awesome opportunities keep coming because I put myself out there. So um, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Here, here's a question: um, Do you feel like the part-time job is potentially holding you back from more work that you could be doing on your site to grow it even more, or do you feel like it's helping to supplement it? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Why do you still have a part-time job, basically? Mm-hmm.
1: That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> Cause I'm actually very pro part-time job. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. It's
0: not a bad thing. I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, no, it's actually an interesting story. I actually originally, um, when I wanted to start my business, I actually, my intention was to quit my job. I had been saving up for a long time to start this. I saved up like a year's worth of savings and was like, okay, I'm just you know going to quit my job. I'll give it a year. If I, mm-hmm. if I'm not making enough after that year, then, you know, I'll go back to work or whatever. And, and, um, and I really loved my job and I went to my boss and told her, you know, the whole thing about how, you know, how passionate I was about this and I loved my job, but I just, you know, I really wanted to do this. And, and she was actually really supportive and, and she was like, oh, that's awesome. Like I used to knit and like, um, it was really cool. And she was like, you know, how about we just have you, you know, on like two or three days a week and while you train the new person, try it for a few months and, um, and then we can reevaluate from there and see if this is working cause we didn't have any freelancers or part-time People at the time it wasn't really a thing at my company so I didn't think she would go for that but I was like yeah sure like let's do that and um yeah and five years later I'm still working there <laughs> which is crazy but I, I've, I've questioned that a lot and because I think you know everyone thinks the goal is like to quit your job but I've I've had the experience of working from home for like weeks at a time because there's been times where like it's slow at my company and you know maybe mm-hmm. I only only come in like two times in a month or something like that. And I realized that like, I, yeah, it's, it's actually really good for me to have the part-time job because it adds some structure into, into my week. And, you know, like I have to like go somewhere and like get dressed and put makeup on. I mean, I don't know if you can really, but like, I was going kind of crazy working from home. I also live alone. So I don't have like, you know, someone like coming home or like, you know, like anyone to be accountable to like I could not leave my apartment for like five days and nobody would know. So um, I think it's really nice having that structure. It's definitely nice having that income. So I don't have, I haven't had stress about, you know, making money with my business or, you know, do things that, you know, I didn't want to do. I feel like I've been really just focused on doing what I, what I'm excited about and lit up about in my business. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really love, I love my coworkers. I, it's very inspirational being at my company because I, I, part of my job is doing like a lot of trend research and design. So I'm always getting ideas and, That's cool. um, and we just work in a super cool office. Like we're on like the top two stories of this building and we have this like rooftop deck and I can see like the Statue of Liberty from my desk. I don't know. I, I just really love my job. And so um, I'm happy to continue working there. I think I, I just um, honestly, I'm not sure. It's, I, I was actually challenged by working from home, um, you know, every day. So I probably could do a lot more. And, you know, if opportunities come where I want to put like my full focus on it, that's great. But at the moment, I, I'm able to accomplish like what I've been wanting to accomplish um, part time.
0: I love that. It's a great story. And it's a, it's a good lesson, too. I mean, you were right. You, a lot of people think it's it has to be all in or nothing. And um, you're sort of doing both. And you know what you want, and you're enjoying it. I mean, why why do something different?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got to the point where I was like, you know, if something happened with my job, I'd probably get another part time job, just so I can keep this going. But I'm, I'm really, really grateful for my business. Because, you know, if I, you know, something did happen, or if I decided I wanted to, like, go travel for a year or something, like, it's just amazing that I know that I would have income still coming in from that and could build on it and like if there's so many things I can do with it so it's really awesome and and I didn't mention before too I just um when I was doing that contest as I said for nine months like I wasn't able to work on my business and my I actually had like my best like it was well my business kept growing basically and that month that I had my first two thousand dollar month was amidst the competition when I hadn't like created anything new so I mean that was just like super cool too to see how um you know, building a business can provide that for you when you're like working on other projects and everything. So
0: yeah, passive income there. It's there it is. <laughs> um, so that, that's yeah. awesome. You know what I love about this? It's it's you know that you have options, you have choices, you've made the choices and you're living purposefully, which is awesome. Yeah. So congratulations. That's that's fantastic. Um, man, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your story. This is super inspirational. I'm sure a lot of people are going to really enjoy it. Where can f- people find out more about you and what you're up to?
1: girlyknits.com and am girlyknits pretty much everywhere you go um Instagram Facebook YouTube so yeah
0: love it and then uh, awesome knitting patterns is that still available too
1: <laughs> no knittingisawesome.com. Oh, knitting is awesome.com oh knitting is awesome <laughs> sorry
0: yeah I, I had it in my notes here and I switched pages and I lost <laughs> it so um awesome thank you so much uh, again and you know wishing you all the best thanks Pat All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lauren from girlyknits.com and also knittingisawesome.com, not awesome knitting patterns, although she does have some awesome knitting patterns, but it's knittingisawesome.com. All the links and the resources mentioned in this episode are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session237. And I also wanna give a big shout out to today's sponsor, which is shipstation.com. This is super cool probably useful for a lot of people who are doing things like Lauren, who are shipping things out because what they do, what what, what ShipStation does is it becomes the middleman that really helps to organize everything from where all the orders are being placed from. So all those different sites where one could sell things online, Amazon, eBay, uh, Etsy, uh, their own Shopify site everywhere. Uh, There's literally like hundreds of integrations if, if you check it out. But all those orders come in, they get shown on ShipStation and then ShipStation helps you get those orders out the door as quickly as possible. They can help you even choose the right carrier so that you can always get the lowest rate for every package that you sent out. Super easy to use interface, very, very convenient, and I know that when I start doing physical products like this, I will be using ShipStation myself, and actually that's hinting at something that might be coming in the near future, but you'll see. For now, try it out for free for 30 days. Just go to ShipStation.com and click on the microphone at the top and type in SPI, and guess what, guess what, if you do that, you get an additional month for free. So try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month for free. Go to ShipStation.com, click on the mic at the top, and type in SPI. Thanks so much, I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Smart Passive of Income podcast. Until then, keep moving forward, and if you haven't yet listened to my other show, Ask Pat, where five days a week I answer a question from you. And you'll hear your voice too if you get your question featured uh, on the show. Check it out. Go to askpat.com. If you love this show, you want more, that show is five days a week. Each episode's five to 10 minutes in length. And I know you're gonna love it. So go to askpat.com or look that up in iTunes and you can find me there too. So we we can keep hanging out together. Hope to see you there. Thanks so much. And like I said, I'll see you next week.